Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, and Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Well, I'm 12th today. I'm 12th today, and it's a weird feeling because we haven't been 12th or this low in a long time, and now I guess we know how Iowa feels or something like that. I mean, is this what it's like uh, to be a Hawkeye? I mean, just to to name a team that seems to be perpetually stuck between 10 and 20. This is, I woke up Iowa today, I guess is what I'm saying. Feeling rather corny. <laughs> Obviously. Uh-huh. Obviously. No, I was surprised we fell like that. I was, I was really surprised. It feels like to me that we were ranked based on eye test all year long and we get to the end of the regular season, the committee said, screw it, let's rank them on resume like everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Because how would you explain, for instance, Alabama goes on the road, loses by a field goal to a top 15 team on the road, falls seven spots. Michigan at home is blown out. They fall one spot. Uh, it just made no sense at all. And, and, and Cincinnati, another Ohio State opponent, they lose a game. A, a group of five team loses a game, for, and, and now that's their second loss. They just fall one spot. It, it, things weirdly worked out for Ohio State last night. I mean, weirdly, to the point that even – LSU impressively winning over Georgia. Uh, they're not going to overtake Ohio State. So uh, you can just, if Ohio State beats Wisconsin, and they certainly are, uh, you can just put Ohio State down as the number one seed. There's no doubt. And if you are into conspiracy theories, I think one reason, well, actually, no, that wouldn't work. So forget it. My conspiracy theory is already shot. But I wonder, um, I do wonder if, Georgia were to somehow beat LSU, which I don't think is going to happen. Um, I think Georgia and LSU both get in, and then I wonder, do they make them two and three and play out in in Scottsdale? That'd be weird. Or do they make them? Do they make LSU four and Georgia three, uh, and then Georgia and Clemson, who are right next door to Atlanta, each have to go all the way to Scottsdale? You know, that'd be kind of weird. Are you rooting for Georgia to win so both get in? No. No, I'm not. Good quote, quote, good for the league. No, I, I, mean, I mean, I usually am very pro-SEC as long as it's not Auburn. Um, but I'm not rooting for both of them to get in because I do enjoy the fact that Georgia hadn't won a national championship since 1980. <laughs> I think that's yeah. funny. <laughs> and I want to keep it that way. And also, we did lose to LSU, and I'm not saying that anything out there, nobody cares at all, and nobody cares what the perception of Alabama is. They're just glad they don't have to look at our ugly faces anymore. Uh, the fact, I mean, you know, LSU beat us. Uh, you know, the more they win, the more, the less we, the more they win, the less we look like a clown show. So uh, I guess I'm for LSU for that reason. And, uh, and, and uh, I do have a little bit of a rooting interest. I, I don't know how many Alabama fans feel this way, but uh, I'm not going to adopt Oklahoma. Uh, but uh, I would be very happy for Jalen if he got in the playoffs. Uh, and 
I think I would root for Jalen to beat LSU. I would certainly. I mean, I, I just I would just root for Jalen. So I guess that's my rooting interest is Oklahoma getting in as the fourth seed and then uh, doing well. Yeah, and I don't know. It's going to be tough for Oklahoma, I think, too, to overtake Utah at this point. Should Utah win? Um, and I don't I know that I necessarily. The committee loves Utah, and I don't know that I agree with that either. I, I think Oklahoma is a better team. I do, but they have played in numerous close games and have a worse loss than Much Utah. Worse. Yeah. So uh, that might keep them out. The Utah fans were mean to me on Twitter last week. I'm, I'm almost hoping uh, Utah does sneak in as the fourth seed, and then Ohio State wins that semifinal game, seventy-seven to nothing. <laughs> I would enjoy yeah. the hell out of that. I'll yeah. perch through some old tweets and make some funny responses. Yeah. But um nevertheless. Uh yeah. Wow. Um you know, still You're gonna go to, to an Alabama this. bowl game in Florida? You know, I don't know. I mean, certainly if it were Michigan, it would it would it would be something that I would consider because it'd be a good trip for the kids and all that. Um I'm not against it. Uh, but I need to, I, you know, I need to, for it to come to fruition first, and we can talk about that. But you know, did my Sports Blitz live program last night, and the owner of the TV station where we do it, <clears throat> he's a big Auburn guy. Never stays late for the show, but he stayed late this time, and you know, because I went on, I, I said, look, I want to be clear about this. I'm not making an excuse. I'm not saying I'm mad at Auburn about this, but the the fact that Auburn got a fourth time out is a loophole that needs to be closed. And yes, it is irritating and it sucks that my team is the reason this loophole will end up being closed because we are the case study. But, um, you know, that, that just is what it is. It was our turn over the barrel and, you know, we take it and, and should just move on. Well, of course that, irritated a lot of Auburn fans. They were thinking, well, you're just saying, making excuses. I'm like, I'm not making excuses. I think if, if Alabama had, if the roles had been reversed, we should have done the same thing. And then Auburn would be the one saying, Hey, that's a loophole that needs to be closed. Um, actually, I think Auburn would be saying it's another conspiracy theory from the Birmingham SEC offices. <laughs> but um, I, again, I just think it's a loophole and it's a, a a lot of times when you pass laws or you pass rules, you don't think about some things that may happen later that come up. And exactly. This we we talk about unintended, con- unintended consequences. We talk about it all the time, unintended consequences. And right. If, and that, it, it does need to be fixed because it was patently unfair. And, and what people have to understand is there's a difference between unfair and illegal. I, I, I'm not sure what the referees did was illegal, meaning they violated the rules in favor of Auburn, uh, I, I'm not alleging that. But in, any football, any knowledgeable football observer would say that that is unfair. You cannot, and I'll use this term, you cannot weaponize replay as a fourth timeout. You know, yeah. that, that's, that's what happened. Auburn got to use replay as a fourth timeout. When, when you call timeout, that means there's a dead ball. And and it was the whole thing was treated like it was a dead ball when it was not. So it was very unfair, and that's why they need to change the rule. So the officials either made a horrible call and shouldn't have allowed it, or 
their hands were tied because of the way the rules are written. And if that's the case, we need to change the rule. Yep. So, uh, okay, let's go back to the bowl projections. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, when you and I were talking bowl projections yesterday, we assumed Alabama would still be in the top 10 of the college football playoff rankings. And now we're behind Auburn. And again, it do, it's not that big of a deal. It doesn't really matter, I guess. I mean, if you're 12th, you might as well be 100th just about um, from our perspective. But uh, I don't want to be in the outback because I don't want to play Minnesota. I mean, come on. I mean, I just – I feel like that's beneath us right now. I know that's uppity. I know a lot of people will say, uh, you know, the snooty Alabama fan. But let's let's also be real Alabama doesn't deserve to play Minnesota in the Outback Bowl this year. I mean, we we don't deserve to be in the playoffs, but we don't deserve to be in the Outback Bowl either. Um, so I, I'm I think it would be a cool matchup to be against Michigan in the Citrus. In the Citrus, um, mm-hmm. I kind of like that matchup, and I think that that's kind of the matchup too. I think it'd be cool that this, that is also the location where we beat the brakes off of Michigan State and started yep. a nice little run, and we'd be playing Michigan State's arch rival, and I bet you Michigan State fans would be like, hey, y'all go down there and have a blast. They they beat us into submission last time. <laughs> um, and I feel yep. like we would take that one pretty seriously too. I'm also a lot more confident about uh, not everybody sitting out bowl games anymore, so I feel better about that. There's just been a lot of positive things. I mean, Tua Tungvaloa, even the mere suggestion he may come back from his yep. words to both Kirk Herbstreet and Cecil Hurt has put a little ray of hope in my life. So I feel better about that. Um, I still don't want to go to Dallas and play Memphis. I just don't want to do it. It's, you can say I'm scared of Memphis. Please, and my please. answer to that is, yeah, my answer to that is, yes, I am kind of scared of Memphis because this is not going to be an apples to our, apples thing. This is going to be a right. lose lose for Alabama. Um, lose, lose. And then the Orange Bowl against Virginia, if that were to happen, Okay, I can live with yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think I it can it? happen now by rule. Oh, it can't. Okay, I think there's rules about. I think there's rules about where teams are ranked, and uh, I don't think we can hop in front of. I think the Orange Bowl has to take the highest ranked SEC or Big Ten team to play the ACC team. Highest ranked SEC or Big Ten, I think is the rule. So we're we're going to be behind Florida and Auburn. Okay. So I think, I, I think mean, Florida. I think Florida is is who is almost now almost certainly headed to the Orange Bowl, based on now. Some of it depends on what happens if Georgia beats LSU and and Georgia's also in the playoff. That changes there. Georgia beats LSU. Every SEC team gets bumped up a run. If LSU beats Georgia, then it's easier to project. Uh, then Florida's in the Orange Bowl for sure. Well, no, 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 yeah. no. Because it could be Florida in the Sugar then. If LSU beats Georgia. If LSU beats Georgia, then it depends on who's higher. For the Sugar Bowl, it depends on who's higher ranked, Georgia or Florida. I would assume Georgia's not going to fall very far, but who the hell knows with what the, what these guys. But I would assume Georgia wouldn't fall far and would remain the highest ranked SEC team, which puts them in the Sugar Bowl. But you're right. They could fall below Florida. Probably not, though, with their head-to-head win over Florida. Well, and here's the other thing to consider. There, there, there a lot of interesting stuff here because if let's assume LSU beats Georgia and LSU wins by 10, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. In fact, I think that's about how this goes down, maybe even more than that, because I think, you know, Georgia's missing a lot of key personnel and Swift got hurt and yada, yada, yada. Okay. So 
if Georgia loses double digits and if they don't fall behind Florida and they are pegged for the sugar, well, they went to the sugar last year. And they did. I, they did. And and I don't know that the sugar's fired up about that. Conversely, I would think not. Conversely, if the sugar said, okay, we'll take Florida, which by the way, Florida didn't show up very well, if I remember right, for that game against Cincinnati, they were in the sugar. And it seems like the sugar bowl prefers SEC West teams versus SEC East teams just strictly based on geography. geography. Um, but then Georgia would probably head down to the Orange Bowl to play Virginia, and they open with Virginia next year. Yeah, I don't know if that's good or bad. I would think that's bad, but maybe it's good. Well, I would say if I were, you know, if I were a coach, I'd probably be for it because you get a good look at everybody. But if I'm a fan, I'm thinking, do I – you know, do I really want to do this? Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a. If you, know, you it's, want it's a Alabama in the citrus, you probably need to root for Auburn to be in the cotton. I think that's in the end. If you're, if you're like, I want to see Alabama versus Michigan in the citrus bowl, I think what would have to happen to almost require that as Auburn in the cotton bowl, because Auburn is now one spot ahead of us, so likely to be one spot ahead of us in the pecking order. Uh, Cotton Bowl is, is a New Year's Six Bowl, um, and Auburn is ranked in the top 12, which makes them eligible to to be in it. And uh, and, and then they would get, quote, stuck in the lose-lose situation playing Memphis, um, which is kind of interesting. And then uh, that would leave Alabama almost certainly in the citrus. If Auburn is not in the Cotton Bowl, then maybe Auburn gets a citrus and Alabama is not down the outback. I'm also told that the Gator Bowl is a possibility for Alabama. It's hard to imagine falling that far, but I'm told that could happen. Who would that be against? Maybe Virginia Tech. Jesus. You talk about your lose-loses again. Well, I I told you, I woke up Iowa today. I woke up Iowa, and this – we are having the annual Iowa Bowl discussion. Oh, and by the way, Iowa in the Outback Bowl is also very possible. Our Outback Bowl opponents would be maybe Michigan, more likely Minnesota, less likely Iowa. But it would be one of those. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, let me, let me just change the subject here for a second. We'll know, Sunday. Tell we'll know Sunday for sure. Let me tell everybody about DoorDash. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com backslash offers. Um... Okay, let's talk about this Tua thing for a second. So Tua has an interview with both Kirk Herbstreet and Cecil Hurt, two titans of the industry. And um, he's essentially – look, and Tua's not – Tua's a lot of things. He ain't a liar. He, and nope. he speaks from the heart. He is a genuine kid. And he basically said, I'm having trouble with this. Um, he said, I'm going to wait and see what my heart tells me, what the good Lord tells me. And, yeah, I mean, insert your own, yeah, the good Lord's going to tell him to go bro joke here. I get it. But, you know, I think he's genuinely torn. 
And I do think there is a case to be made that it makes sense for him to come back. I understand if he leaves, and I don't want to get my hopes up. But, man, if he were to come back – now, here's the thing. If he were to come back, you bring in Bryce Young, who I would assume Bryce Young thinking – Hey, I'm, if two is gone, I'm number one. I mean, and rightfully so, probably. And you got Mac Jones, who was like, "Look, I, I might have thrown two pick sixes, but I torched a very good Auburn defense for the most part." And then you got Talia saying, "Hey, I'm no slouch myself." And then you got Paul Tyson saying, "I'm the, I am Mister Alabama." Um, somebody, if not two, somebody's are hitting that transfer portal. Uh, I, I think that's probably correct in terms of, of portaling out at some point, but I also think that's not Alabama. That's just the reality of the quarterback position in college football in 2019. Uh, half of the quarterbacks you sign will leave before their career is done. Half will leave. Uh, that, that's just the math, and you can't outrun the math. So that's probably going to happen. Uh, I, I wouldn't think – I would think the young ones would, would stick around in the sense that if Tua returns, I would hope Bryce would look at it like, what a great opportunity uh, to learn how to do this from one of the best that's ever done it. And he'll only be here for one year and I can start as a sophomore. Um, I would hope that's how he would look at it. Um, you know, I, I think I think it would lead to Mac transferring out, but Mac is mm-hmm. kind of close to graduating. I don't think he can graduate before next season. So Mac might grad transfer out. But by the time he did that, Tool would be gone. So I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure. But I do know this. Alabama can be a good team next year. If Tua comes back, Alabama will be a great team because we would have the best or second-best quarterback in the country uh, alongside Trevor Lawrence. So it's a good thing if Tua comes back. If Tua doesn't come back, I think Alabama has a lot of good options. Like I tweeted the other day, and, uh, you know – Mac Jones played so well at Auburn. I just don't really worry about quarterback too much because I think we can have a really good season, maybe even a championship season with Mac Jones at quarterback. So if someone beats Mac out, whether that's Bryce or Talia, then they're a hell of a player. They're a hell of a player. You can beat Mac out, you're really good. So I'm just sort of excited about that position in 2020. Now, if Tua comes back, it's just unbelievable. I don't even really, like you said, I agree with every word you said. I don't I don't even want to get excited about it because I don't want to be, you know, sad when he decides to go. I want what's best for the kid, and uh, I'm just going to 100% support whatever decision is made. Uh, it's up to him, and it is difficult. But he also doesn't need to be stuck between a rock and a hard place. Playing you know, another season um, at Alabama, playing another season at Alabama would be a fantastic experience for him. Uh, going going ahead and going on to the NFL is also a great experience, and and you can start actually paying for stuff. So, I'm, I'm you know whatever is best for him, I'm totally fine with it. A couple of thoughts on that. First of all, this I saw a CBS mock draft, the latest one, and for the first mock draft I've seen in a while, didn't have two in the first round. Um, wow. Now, does that mean a thing? Because a lot of these guys, as we said yesterday, just sort of, <clears throat> you know, put their best guess on it. And they're not in the, you know, in the war room with these GMs. I mean, they just sort of put their best guess on it. And it did still have Dylan Moses going in the first round, which I think is probably highly unlikely. Now, uh, maybe it's not, but I, I get the sense there is a chance Dylan Moses returns too, but who knows? Um, yes. So, 
the the other thing I was going to say, and people always talk about, well, two issue goes who will never really have to quote unquote work again. Um, I suspect if Tua, right now, no matter what Tua does, if he doesn't really want to just work his ass off, he doesn't ever, somebody somewhere is going to hook Tua up with a good gig. (laughs) You know, he can be a spokesman for the rest of his life and make a fine living. Um, The day he goes pro, he's going to sign endorsement deals beyond, he will sign endorsement deals beyond what, 90% 90% of first round picks over the years have been able to sign. He is extremely famous and very well liked nationally. Well, think so. about this. Baker Mayfield is running from the cops is generally a, a, a rude ass. I mean, I, I don't, I don't yeah. really have a problem with Baker personally. And I, I did enjoy watching him play in college, but he's, you know, he's kind of a, he's kind of a yeah. cocky jackass sometimes. Tua is the antithesis of that. Tua can right and, he and equally famous, except for you know he he might not be able to do ads for you know some hard liquor, but he he will be able to do ads for just about any company that's like, hey, we need a good, clean cut uh, American face, but that also encapsulates uh, America's diversity. Um, Tua is your guy. I mean, because here's the yeah. other thing. Tua is relatable in the sense that he's not relatable in that his his arm talent is freaky good. But, you know, Tua is not well-defined. Tua is not Bo Jackson. I mean, Bo Jackson's just cut out of granite. Um, Tua looks like a if, – if you didn't know he was a football player, you'd be like, okay, he's kind of big, but he's he doesn't look special. But then he gets on the football field and he's ridiculous. Some people just have that about them. I mean, Phillip Rivers kind of reminds me of that. He's not super cut. He's just a he's just a really great athlete. Same Aaron Rodgers, you know, um, Tom Brady. I, I mean, he, he's two is so relatable, and he's he's not going to ever embarrass you. You're never going to have a Tua Tiger Woods moment where it's like, oh, okay, he was doing all these endorsements. Oh, and he was having sex parties with uh and while he was sitting on his throne in his house and then he was attacked by his wife with a golf club no two is not gonna have that happen no no i think you're exactly right i think that Tua will sign endorsement deals that go beyond like i said 90 percent of first round picks Tua is extremely famous so is jalen but Tua probably even more so i would suspect i think i think it would be fun to know this Go to the other side of the country. You pick whether you're talking about California or Maine, either one, and walk down a sidewalk. And the first 10 random women you bump into say, do you know who Tua is? I'll bet you half do. Half. Yeah, You, You don't have to approach football fans. You don't have to approach football fans or ask them if they identify as a football fan or a sports fan. And use first name only. Who is Tua? I bet you half would tell you, oh, that's the quarterback at Alabama. He's Hawaiian. <laughs> and that, I'm with you. That, makes him, that makes him unbelievably marketable. Um, and again, he's famous. Baker Mayfield was half famous for being kind of a jerk. Uh, Tua's famous for being a great player, and the people that, that know him know he's an unbelievable person. So, uh, yeah, he's got a lot of – you know, people will talk about where he goes in the draft. Who would get drafted in the second round and still make millions of dollars? 
Yeah, but know, it, it is different. It's definitely different. And yeah. if you if he were to go first or second or third pick, you know, the next year, those NFL teams are much quicker to give up on a second round pick than they are a first rounder. <laughs> you oh, know? Oh, that well that that's true. And first round picks are guaranteed. Second round picks are not. If you right. are the last pick in the first round, the thirty second pick, the contract you sign, you are guaranteed to get. You could break right. both legs the next day in a bulldozer accident, and you're getting every dime of what you just signed to play for. If you are the 33rd pick in the draft, the next pick down, if they don't like what they see out of you in training camp, you are cut, and the only checks you get are what you've been paid so far, which is four months. So, and now that doesn't happen. The 33rd pick isn't cut in camp, but it's the difference between a guaranteed and a non-guaranteed deal. That's right. And if you don't have a guaranteed deal, you are very easy to cut because they don't owe you any more money the day they tell you to hit the road. So right. getting drafted in the first round it means a ton. Uh, it's an investment the team is making, and they'll give you every opportunity in the world because they don't want to flush their, their money down a toilet. Um, Jimmy, I got to get out of here, but real quickly, tomorrow, the uh, well, tonight, actually, the Super 7 starts. It'll be Central Phoenix City taking on Thompson. And um, then tomorrow, like several games. Central. Yeah, I like. I do. I think so too. Um, Javion Cohen is a guy to watch tonight, obviously, uh, because he's on flip watch in terms of going from Auburn to Alabama. And then uh, three games on Thursday, three games on Friday, and uh, so we will squeeze in a podcast somewhere in there. But uh, looking forward to all those games because there are you know Christian stories there. Eric Shaw committed to South Carolina is there. Um, there's some, there's some good players in this thing. Rock, uh, rock. Uh, oh my gosh. I, um, his name escapes me. You know, Oxford always has a guy named rock. Rock Taylor. Um, yeah. yeah he's, he's a, he, he's a wide rock receiver, player. only a three star, but he's, he's, I think he's better yeah, he's, than that. He's rising. He'll be a four star. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, buddy. So, uh, and roll I'm looking tide. To you seeing my local kid, Deontay Lawson from Mobile. Christian. Deontay Lawson. I'm calling that game. So I've made a, a special mark on that one. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, he's one of the few uh, guaranteed guys I would tell you, hey, you know, you go watch him and expect a lot, you will not be disappointed. He is a dominating presence. Now, part of that is because he's playing 3A football, but you'll just have to trust me when I tell you his game would translate to 7A. If he was at Hoover or Thompson or Central Phoenix City, he would be getting the same amount of attention he gets at Tiny Mobile Christian. But, yeah, in 3A football, that six-foot – three 220 pound pass rushing terror makes a lot of plays well he's that's the first game i'm calling tomorrow so i'm looking forward to it man all righty we'll uh roll tight everybody we'll we'll see y'all soon roll tight